Hello friends and welcome to this week's uh, episode of Grits and the Gospel. My name is Reverend Katie Griffiths and uh, I'm excited to be with you today on this fourth Sunday after Epiphany. It's hard to believe that January is almost over. <laughs> uh, the year is already flying by and I'm thankful that I get to be here with you and to worship together. Let us come together today on this fourth Sunday after Epiphany in a posture of worship. The Lord be with you and also with you. Today's psalm is from the 111th psalm. It is the whole psalm. It's 10 verses. And I hear now the word of the psalmist. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. And the company of the upright in the congregation, great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of honor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has gained renown by his wonderful deeds. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He is ever mindful of his covenant. He has shown his people the power of his works and giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who practice it have a good understanding. He prays, His praise endures forever. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me now in the reciting of the Apostles' Creed. Friends, what do we believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray together. Dear Lord, as we come to you today in the rain, has been soaking us all week. Bring us sunshine. Bring us joy to our hearts and lives. Remind us that you are the true authority in all that we listen for in this world. That our lives should be lived through the lens of your love and kindness. Hear us now as we pray those words 
that your Son, Jesus Christ, taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today's gospel lesson comes from the uh, gospel according to Mark. We are continuing um, with the scripture right after Jesus had called the disciples. And then on to, uh, according to Mark, his first of the miracles. Starting in verse 21 of chapter 1, going through verse 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding regions of Galilee. The gospel according to Mark for us, the believers of today. Thanks be to God. I was sent a video this week of a preacher in Louisiana, and I use that term preacher very loosely. In this video, in front of his congregation, he claimed to have the largest house in Louisiana at 40,000 square feet. The largest house, he claims, of any preacher in the country. He has a name for that house, La Maison de Reves, the house of dreams, he says. This house, he brags, has the same staircase that Scarlett O'Hara descended in Gone with the Wind. A house, a 40,000 square foot house that he claims to have paid for in cash. At one point, he bragged that at Christmas time, someone threw $5,000 in cash over his fence. One would assume, because it was at Christmas, that it would have been for him to go help other people with or further one of his ministries with. You know, that's a big wad of cash. But no, he brags that he pocketed the cash and didn't tell his wife about it. He had his congregation pay for a $54 million private jet. Remember, this is a preacher. A preacher who's in it for the wrong reasons. A preacher who is in the business of making money and of gaining 
fame. When I read today's scripture, that word in verse 28 stood out to me. His fame spread. Fame. I'm not sure that's the best word to describe what Jesus was doing uh, in his ministry. At least not by our terms today. So I did what I always try to do when a word confuses me. I went back to the original Greek. The word is actually ako, A-K-O-E, and is directly translated to hearing. The meaning is more like his instructions and doctrine spread. It really changes the meaning of what the passage concludes for us. It has nothing to do with fame as we know it. That word, nor anything like it, shows up in the definition of the word ako. And it shows up in several translations this way. It's a great reminder of how we read translations. If something stands out to you like it did to me, go back to the original text. It's easy to do. The internet makes that information readily available these days. So the choice of the word fame makes me wonder about how we translate a lot of things in scripture for our understanding today. But that's a different sermon for a different day. A co is used in Matthew twice as a translation to fame. Chapter 4 says, so his fame spread throughout Syria. And again in chapter 14, at that time Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus. In other places, that same word is used this way. Mark uses a co as ears in his passage. And his ears were open, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And again, a co is used as the word rumors. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. It is more about the hearing of the doctrine of Jesus than the fame of the person. We associate that word, fame, with people like the Louisiana preacher who has his congregation buy him airtime and $54 million jets. And that's not at all the way Jesus lived or what kind of ministry he had. He spoke in the synagogue because he had the authority to do it. He wanted the good news spread. He wanted to reveal his authority so his actions and words would have weight and meaning. They were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who has authority, not as the scribes. The words he said and his actions carried authority. The scribes were not able to do that because they were using their title and their position, not their authority, to teach and preach. Jesus goes on to solidify his authority by casting out a demon and healing a man from the affliction. Words and deeds. People were astonished and amazed 
by his words and deeds. It was not about the number of followers he had, or how expensive his sandals were, or who made his robes. It was about his words and his deeds. Did the words that he said have authority, and his actions show kindness and healing? That is what impressed the crowds. The authority of his words to cast out a demon and teach. The deeds he performed of healing. Those are the things that drew people in. That is what spread his doctrine and ideas throughout the known world. It's easy for us today to give authority to people who don't deserve it because of their fame alone. And I'm not just talking about national celebrities. There are people who think they are famous at every level of life locally. It could be people who do work, who you work with, or those who do work in the community. Because they put themselves out front, they think that gives them fame. As much as I hate to say it, football coaches are one group that comes to mind. Because they are famous, they try to sell you trucks and stuff and have authority far outside the sports realm. This cat down in Louisiana, bragging to people who fund his planes and his house instead of feeding the hungry and housing the homeless, is an extreme example of the difference in authority and fame. If you have to brag about how big your house is, then you're looking for fame. You're emulating the scribes. If you speak about scripture with authority and work to heal your community and help those around you, you're emulating Jesus. Words and deeds are powerful, and they're also a powerful gauge as to where one's motives lie. I don't think Jesus would have wanted fame at all. I don't think he would have wanted notoriety or big houses with fancy staircases so he and Mary Magdalene could descend down upon the crowd waiting for them. If Jesus was in a big house with a big fence, then he would have never been able to meet the people that he healed along the way. If Jesus had not been among the people, the woman that was bleeding would not have been able to touch his robe. If Jesus had a $54 million jet, I still can't get over that one, he would have traveled right over the woman at the well. Jesus didn't hide behind fences and walls. His words and his deeds gave him authority and showed who he was and what message he was trying to spread. Now look, I love to descend down a good staircase, and my nickname may be Katie Scarlet, but the staircase I descend the most is the one to my basement to do laundry, my, my own laundry. <laughs> I'm learning so much about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for every opportunity I'm given to learn from all of the wonderful people who the who are the authority in their own field. But I hope, I really hope, that it would not take any study to see people who want to be famous instead of wanting to follow the teachings of Jesus. 
words, and deeds. Those words and deeds that we see throughout his ministry, those words and deeds that made the scribes and the Pharisees really nervous because they it threatened their fame. Those are the ones I look for. I hope to goodness the people at that church in Louisiana quit throwing money over that pastor's fence. I hope to goodness they do not buy him any more jets. He has a whole fleet. The video is quite shocking. If I came in this church and demanded that you buy me a jet and build me a 40,000 square foot house, you would all laugh so hard you would fall on the floor. And then you would call the DS and have me evaluated. But the enticement of fame is not always on that large of a scale. It's easy to laugh at him and say, oh, that's never going to be anyone we know. And that's what we have to be careful of. It can easily be a thought that we have. How many likes does my post have? How many people told me happy birthday on Facebook? In small ways, we all crave fame. We all want to be seen by those around us. But we have to look at why and how. Words and deeds. Are we showing God's love and are we kind to others? That's exactly what Jesus did that day. He used words to spread the message in the temple, and then he showed those around him what it was like to help someone in need. Not once did he brag about anything. Not once did he expect people to pay him any money for it. It is easy for us to say that the guy down in Louisiana and many others like him need to really take stock of their priorities. I definitely do when I watch the video. What it should also do, and what it did for me personally, was remind me and challenge me to stay as far away as possible from thoughts of fame. It reminded me to keep my own ego in check and continue to surround myself with people who keep me humble and will whack me over the head before I say such nonsense. It reminds me to keep my house free of walls. It reminds me that if we have a place that is 40,000 square feet, that we need to fill it with people that need a home, not just use it as a staircase to descend. If we have a private jet, we should use it to fly organ donations all over the country to save lives. And if someone just so happens to toss $5,000 at us, it reminds me that we need to use it to make this world a better place. The good news is that we don't need any of those things to spread the word of God. Just like Jesus, all we need is good words and kind deeds. People would be astonished and amazed. As we go throughout this week, let us remember that it is our words and deeds that will amaze people, that will show them the love of God and how they too can be blessed. Because in life and death and life beyond death, 
God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen.